Okay, I have asked if, uh, if David would come up and, and, and share with us on some things at Yosemite. Yeah, for those that uh, went, and I could just uh, echo and, and speak for some that aren't, aren't up here, but uh, it was just a tremendous blessing. Uh, as Rex Trogdon would say, some of the best times of the conference were spent um, outside of um, the, the arena or the speaking area, um, times where we just uh, spent one-on-one -on -one with the speakers, were able to ask questions and, and fellowship with them and, and really get to know them and to know each other. Uh, I know some of the conversations uh, around the campfire um, just were um, just a tremendous blessing for us. Um, and I'm sure uh, Uncle Doug will uh, talk about the, some of the topics that were covered for the week. Um, but what Keith took up was the book of Philippians. And he, we went uh, from uh, start to finish, and he, he finished up uh, just on Saturday with the last chapter. But the, the, the one thing that really spoke to me was at the very beginning of the week was on Monday night or Monday morning uh, that he spoke. And it's um, the verse that says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And that's what Paul lived for. That's what his desire was. His desire was Christ, to live or to die. That was his focus and goal. And so uh, what Keith did was he posed a question. He said, for me to live is blank and to die is gain and you fill in the blank and then he asked the question is what you're living for worth dying for um, and that really touched me you know uh, is it is is our jobs worth dying for or are our friends or entertainment or these these things are they worth dying for and if we die would would, would gain anything and um, it really it really helped me get a good picture of what um, what am I living for, and what are my focuses? And, and another thought that just jumped out to me, and it actually dovetails into what um, we shared with Rex, was the book of Philippians, and just how many times we see, um, especially in chapter 2, it says, be like-minded, have the same love, be in one accord, of one mind, uh, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. And the, the, the thought or the concept for me and the theme that flowed through the week for me was being in unity, being of the same mind, being of one accord with each other. And how is that accomplished? Well, by esteeming others better than yourself. Um, and and that, that just really spoke to us, or to me specifically. And then we got to meet with um, Rex each morning. Um, this is kind of uncharacteristic for most of the speakers. Typically, a speaker will stay in the cabins that Yosemite has, and um, then we, we kind of slum it together in the campground. Well, Rex drove his RV out, and he did this the first year, which was two years ago, and he was right across the street from us. So what we did each morning was we got to sit around and, with a cup of coffee and just ask him questions and talk about the... the, the uh, the message from the day before, any questions that we had written down, we got to ask the speaker face to face, and it was just a tremendous time of fellowship. Well, that was two years ago. Well, he drove out again this year, and so this year what we did is we took, the, we took up the book of Colossians, because our questions were, how do we do this? How do we live out the Christian life? What does it mean? What does it look like? And he took us to uh, Colossians 3, 
And we, we, we covered from verses 14 all the way through verse 1. And just basic, um, applicable Christian living. Um, how to apply this to our lives. And, and we, we covered the gamut. Wives submitting to the husbands. And what does that mean? Um, husbands loving your wives as Christ loved the church. And, and do, not, um, do not be bitter towards them. And um, just the pictures of that. And, and why we're doing all these things. Um, and doing everything as a, unto the Lord. But the thing that really dovetailed Keith's message in with me for, in, in Colossians was this. <clears throat> but it, in verse 14, but above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, in, to which also you were called in one body, um, be, and be thankful. So that same unity, that same concept that we were talking about in the morning message with Keith, we were talking about it in just a personal Bible study with Rex, and, and just loving each other, and, and being in and out of each other's lives, and what does that look like? And then the last thing that I'd like to talk about is what Rex spoke on the very last day, and it's in John uh, 21. Um, Rex, uh, Keith took on the book of Philippians, and as was mentioned this morning, uh, Rex took on and, and he titled the, the, the messages, um, Simon, Peter, and Me. And, and, it wasn't, and he said, made it clear that it wasn't him personally, it was supposed to be a question to us, Simon, Peter, and me. And our comparing our lives with that of Simon Peter, the questions that he asked, and this was the last one in, in uh, John 21, verses 20. It says, Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper table, and said, Lord, who is this one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If I will that you remain till I come, that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. And the, the one thing that, that really spoke to me in that last message was to keep my eyes off of those around me. You know, oftentimes we, we, we get dis distracted or discouraged um, by other men or other women in our lives. You know, we, 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 we sometimes lift uh, other believers into positions that they didn't want to be in in the first place. We look at them as spiritual leaders, and then when they fall, we fall, or we're discouraged. Or we look at younger believers and wish that they were there where they should be, and we get discouraged. And, and that really spoke to me because what Jesus told Peter is says, take your eyes off of John, you follow me, and get your eyes off of those that are around you, and you follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And then uh, he, he briefly touched... Um, in the last, and for the sake of time, I won't go into it, but in the last uh, message that Peter gave was in 2 Peter chapter 3 and what he left um, those believers with. And he, he covered the four beloveds in chapter 3. And he said, Beloved, be reminded. And it, remember these things. Be mindful of these things. He said, Beloved, be informed. Um, God is not slack concerning his promises. He's, not, uh, he, he, he's willing that all men come to repentance. And then, beloved, be holy. And it, and it talks about being spotless or blameless. And then the last one is, beloved, be warned. And in verse 17 of chapter 3, it says, beware lest you also fall. And Peter put himself in their shoes. And he says, he didn't just say, beware lest you fall. He says, beware lest you also fall. Because he fell too. And he was, he was passing on that warning. And he also said, um, beware and be growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Um, and so these were the, some of the things that we, we gleaned from that week or that I gleaned from that week. And it was just a, a tremendous conference. Um, as you saw in the picture, every Monday night of the Yosemite conference, we have all the young people over to our campsite and we meet with the speakers and the speakers usually pass out, um, a, give a short devotion on each side and then it opens up to questions. And then after that, there's s'mores and desserts and things like that. And just the time of fellowship was awesome. I, I, can't, I cannot stress that enough, how much we spent just uh, thinking about the Word of God and talking about it together. Um, and then as you see, on Wednesday night, we typically, or Wednesday, we typically do the volleyball game, and that's always just a tremendous turnout. I mean, I, I know some of you guys have been going to the conference for years, and you can remember the volleyball games of, of old, and they were just as good this year. Uh, tremendous competition, and everybody had a really good attitude. It was a really good time, and uh, that's, that's pretty much all that I have to share. So I'll put it back up here. Thank you, David. Yeah, it was, uh, he's a lot taller than me. Um, yeah, just a few thoughts that I had, too, um, on that. Uh, Rex, he'd come up with these really neat, interesting connections of numbers and words, and like even um, in John 6, 66. And the, the caption is, and walked no more with him. 666. That was interesting. Um, and also, uh, in Mark's gospel, in chapter 13 and 37, it says, uh, in 36 also it says, Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. And that is, watch. And... We need to be waiting and watching. And, he, and, and Rex said that we call that, uh, what do he say? Weight watchers. <laughs> Weight watchers. Waiting and watching. Being ready, waiting, and watching. What an encouragement that is. That's what we need to be doing. I mean, there's so much in this world that causes our to get frustrated. Satan wants us to us to be frustrated and our eyes off the Lord is what he's wanting. That's what his drive is. And how we need to be keep seeking those things which are above where Christ sitteth. And, and um, he also um, in speaking of Peter and I, I he, he touched on this one, I think it was the last part of, his, uh, of the days, is in uh, Luke chapter 22 and verse 54, and um, it just kind of stirred up some other thoughts also as far as what David was saying is, follow, you know, follow me, that's all you have to do. It's just a simple request, follow me, just like that, son, that, that uh, hymn, trust and obey. That's all you got to do. There's no other way, another way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But here we see Peter, and I, I, again, his life and what he's, what he's going through, what's recorded in the scriptures, seems to be so much um, at times, you know, in my own self that I can relate to. And for that reason, I believe that that's what it's written here in the scriptures. 
that this is not some crazy thing that happened. This is what we all go through, and we have difficulties at times. And so he used, uh, unfortunately, Peter had to um, have his life story written out. And what if, what if our, our life story was written out? You know, and uh, I'm sure a lot more could be written than what was uh, on Peter. But in chapter 22 and verse 54, this one scene there, um, then took they him and led him, the Lord Jesus Christ, and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And he's reminded later on, he says, follow me. And isn't this something that is the beginning of problems in one's life, in, in spiritual life? And when you start following afar off, you're not near to the Lord. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. Boy, the first thing is you start drifting back, start following afar off. And then what happens next? You start to get cozy with the world. And he sat down among them. And but a certain maid beheld him. Didn't give her name or anything, as we, uh, Rex was mentioning. Just a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him. Have you ever had that feeling when you're sitting there and somebody's I feel eyes burning in the back of my head. You know, some you look around and oh, there they are. Look at I'm not gonna look at them, you know. And earnestly looked upon him and said, "This man was also with him." Wow, boy, she was bold, wasn't she? It wasn't no quiet little maid, but uh, I think the Lord. I mean, the Lord was involved in this whole thing and leading this little maid for her to be uh, to be bold like this. This man was also with him. Well, what happens when you're, you begin to follow afar off and then you start to mingle with the world, perhaps even look like the world? What happens next? And he denied, he denied him saying, Woman, I know him not. What a degree, uh, a base that Peter went to say such a thing. He loved the Lord. You know, I know the Lord knew that too. But here, Peter was just, again, you know, the circumstances. I mean, he must, he couldn't, seeing all this was happening to the Lord and what's going to happen and fear. And isn't that, isn't that the whole idea of terrorism, isn't it? Is to bring fear in your life. That's what Satan wants, is to bring fear in our life. And so here, he denied him, uh, denied the Lord. Woman, I, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about a space of one hour, another confidently affirmed, saying of the truth, This fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. They knew his, they knew his speech. And obviously, he talked, must have talked like the Lord by this time. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while 
he spake, the cock crew. Boy, the Lord used a rooster to speak to him. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. <laughs> the Lord knew exactly what was going on. Nothing passes him. He knows exactly what's going on. And he looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Oh, he knew it. And what a, just a, what a turning point there must have been for Peter. I mean, he didn't keep going deeper. He knew what he did was in the flesh, and it was wrong. He was pleasing Satan and not his Lord. He knew it. And the Spirit of God worked in his heart, and he repented. And the Lord is so patient with us. Amen? So patient. Those eyes I mentioned before, you know, he was warming um, himself around those coals in the fire. And I, I should have looked it up, but in Proverbs, isn't there something where you put coals on someone's head? And that's um, a good thing. It's, it's a good thing, you know. And here the Lord's eyes of kindness and gentleness was almost pouring those coals on top of his head. And um, such a loving, gentle uh, Savior and friend we have. So that was one, I mean, there's so many areas there that he touched in Peter's life that, um, again, it's all these questions that, that uh, Peter uh, brought up um, to the Lord that, that uh, Rex uh, brought to our memory. Um, and then um, um, uh, Keith... Uh, he took up, again, in Philippians, and in, in chapter 3, uh, I was reminded of, of uh, some thoughts here in, in chapter 3, um, and perhaps, better look at the time here, perhaps I can, I can, we can read uh, through this chapter, if you haven't done it recently, it, it is just just a beautiful tra uh, chapter. Finally, my brethren. And also he said, finally. I mean, it's, it's a typical preacher that you think that they're done, and yet there's still another yet chapter to go. But he said, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for, for you it is safe. Beware of the dogs. I don't, not, not my kind of dogs that I have at home. Um, beware of the dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the, the conch, um, con concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day, stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, 
persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. What a wonderful verse that is. That's something I, I really need to keep working on in my life. What things were gained to me, those I counted for loss for Christ. And I wrote down here, you know that, that uh, with Jim Elliott, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. But what things were gained to me, I, those I counted for loss for, loss for Christ. Yet doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. I wrote down here um, this next verse here. It says, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. The standing, the standing of the Christian is to be found in him. The standing of the Christian, verse 9 there, and be found in him. And verse 10, that I might know him. I would think the object of a Christian is to know him. The standing of the Christian, to be found in him, the object of a Christian, to know him, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made com uh, conformable unto his, his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the, end, of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already per uh, per perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of G Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. And of course, that does sound like a runner, doesn't it, in a race. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of the God in Christ Jesus. Always looking forward, never when you're in that race, you never look back to see where everybody else is at. The Lord says, follow me. Keep your eyes on the Lord. That's how you follow him. You've got to keep your eyes on him. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect as, as, as thus minded, and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we, ha we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, here we go, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, 
from whence also we look for, for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, ch who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Beautiful chapter. Just a reminder how we need to keep our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. So the standing of the Christian is to be found in him. The object of the Christian is to know him. And lastly, the hope of the Christian is to be like him. Isn't that true? Is to be like our blessed Savior. So we need to keep those keep seeking those things which are above where Christ sitteth. So I hope that is a, a good informative time of what we have learned up there. I, I would encourage you to get the, the CDs if, uh, if that's possible. Is that, they're going to be available, won't they? Please get those because it's it, just wonderful. Obviously, um, we can't tell everything that they mentioned. And, uh, um, and the feeling, of course, when they prepare, they've been preparing for months on these messages, maybe even a year or more, I don't know. So they really can express their thoughts um, a lot clearer than what we've done.